Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Bucko Boots. My name is Benson Fector, and I will be the host of your show today. Let's break down the week that was Pirates Baseball. On Saturday, the Pirates beat the Cardinals by a score of 2-1. to one. Jordan Lyles with the win. Sunday, Pirates beat the Cardinals by a score of 10-6. to six. Chris Stratton with his first Pirates W in that game. Monday, the Pirates headed out to Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. Lost the first game by a score of 9-3. to three. Nick Kingham with the loss. On Tuesday, the Pirates beat the Diamondbacks by a score of 6-2. to two. Joe Musgrove picking up the win. Wednesday, the Pirates got blown out by the D-backs by a score of 11-1. Chris Archer made his return and got the loss. Thursday, Pirates-Padres in San Diego uh, lost 4-3. Richard Rodriguez tabbed with the loss. And yesterday, uh, 5-3 win over the Padres. Jordan Lyles dominated once again with the win, moving his record to 4-1. and one. Let's go over the week and some moves that were made by the Pirates this week. So, on uh, Saturday, the Pirates transferred right-handed pitcher Nick Birdie from the 10-day injury list to the 60-day injury list with right bicep slash elbow pain. Uh, They traded right-handed pitcher Chris Stratton. They acquired him uh, for cash. Uh, Sunday, we activated Chris Stratton, uh, optioned Dovidus Nebraska to Indy, and uh, sent left-handed pitcher Tyler Lyons outright to Indianapolis after he cleared waivers. On Monday, the Pirates transferred right-handed pitcher Jameson Tyone from the 10-day injury list to the 60-day injury list with his right elbow flexor tendon strain. Uh, they placed third baseman Jung-Ho Gong on the 10-day injury list with the left side strain and selected the contract of second baseman Jake Elmore from Indy. On Tuesday, the Pirates sent uh, after Lonnie Chisnall on a rehab assignment to Indy. Wednesday, they activated right-handed pitcher Chris Archer from the injury list and optioned Clay Holmes back to Indianapolis. And yesterday, they placed right-hand pitcher Trevor Williams on the 10-day injury list with a right side strain. Option Richard Rodriguez back to Indy, recalled Clay Holmes. Uh, Jacob Stallings cleared waivers, has been outright at a AAA, and uh, selected the contract of Jeff Hartlieb from the tri- AAA Indianapolis Indians. All right, let's go to the mailbag. Want to answer some mailbag questions this week? We are going to take two, I believe. So our first question uh, this week is from Mason. Uh, he wants to know, what do we do at starting pitching with Trevor now on the injury list? Well, today the Pirates are going to use the, the opener strategy. Montana Durapau uh, will be starting the game. Clint Hurdle really didn't go into specifics as to who will be sort of the bulk reliever after Durapau. Uh, I'd imagine it will be Stephen Brault, maybe even Nick Kingham. Uh, I think Chris Stratton still needs a little bit of rest from his outing on Thursday. But, yeah, I think this opener strategy could definitely work out considering the fact that Brault and Kingham have not been successful major league starters. They just have not. And if you can get Brault and Kingham only facing, you know, the heart of the order once, maybe two times, it works out uh, for the better, and I think Durapau will do great today. 
Uh, last question we're going to take today is from Tim. Why haven't the Pirates called up Pace yet? How big of an impact do you think he'll be? Well, I mean, the simple answer why they haven't called up Pace is just simply because of the uh, service time rule. They want to wait until the Super 2 deadline, make sure they get that extra year of service. And really with a small market team like the Pirates, it's a move that has to be made. You cannot lose a guy like uh, Key Brian Hayes because of the service time issue. And he's going to make a huge impact. He could be a gold glove third baseman right now. I mean, he won the gold glove at third base for all of the minor league system last year. That's saying something. And we saw the power that he displayed in spring training. Just a matter of service time, the third basemen, third basemen have struggled for the Pirates so far. But, uh, yeah, I'd expect if the third baseman situation stays the course right now, uh, if Wingong gets back from his injury, uh, I would see Q. Brian Hayes making a big impact for this Pirates team in the second half of this season. All right, let's go into our weekly awards. Uh, my player of the week goes to Josh Bell, a 429 average this week, 12 for 28 with three home runs and 11 RBIs. Newsflash, Josh Bell is the king of baseball right now. Yes, he's cooled down a little bit uh, this weekend in San Diego, but it happens when you face left-handed pitchers. You're not going to do as well right-handed as he's been doing left-handed. Uh, and left-handed, he is must TV. Like, even in the Pirates' uh, blowout loss on uh, Wednesday to the Diamondbacks by a score of 11-1, to you still wanted to watch because Josh Bell had an at-bat to get. That's how hot he is. That's how good he is. And to be honest, we should be hearing MVP chants in Pittsburgh this week when Colorado comes to town. Josh Bell is that good. He's going to be the starting first baseman in the National League, and he continues his impressive start to the 2019 season. My pitch of the week goes to Montana Durapaus. Two and two thirds innings pitched in three games, giving up one hit, no runs, no walks, striking out four, an ERA of zero, and a whip of 0.37. And what more can you say about Montana Durapaus since he's been called up from AAA Indianapolis? I mean, the story that he is from being a 32nd round pick out of Bethany Cookman College to now making his major league debut and succeeding to now being the first opener in the history of the storied Pittsburgh Pirates franchise. Montana Durackow, what a name that is, too. And I love what I'm seeing from him. I mean, he, you don't see many right-handed pitchers that are under six foot. He's one of the few, but he's been fantastic. He's going to do fantastic today. Uh, and he's turning himself into a very nice story for not only Pittsburgh, but for the rest of the league as a whole. Uh, Montana Durackow, a fantastic week from him. Expect bigger things. From him today and beyond, he's also going to get our Rookie of the Week award. Our Glove of the Week goes to Cole Tucker, 15 total chances, 12 assists, 3 putouts, 3 double plays, no errors. Cole Tucker is legitimately the most fun player I've ever seen watch, like, field a ground ball. You, you'd pay money alone to see Cole Tucker field ground balls. He, all, he comes up on the baseball, he charges it, he throws it on the run, and he's exciting to watch. He's only made one miscue in his major league career thus far. Um, and, you know, once that back comes around a little bit, he's going to be a fantastic shortstop. I've, I've said this before on the show, but I believe he's the next, like, Andrew McCutcheon-type player personality in this city. Yes, Josh Bell is putting up mammoth numbers, but Cole Tucker has that energy. He has the hair. He has it all. And if he can get the back going, uh, Cole Tucker's going to have a big career in Pittsburgh, loving what I'm seeing from him defensively. Just want to get the bat going just a little bit more. All right. 
Pittsburgh Pirates third baseman have been the worst in the National League this season. Due to this, the team should move one of their top hitting prospects back to the hot corner. Third base has been, to put it lightly, underwhelming for the Pittsburgh Pirates this season. Entering play on Friday, Pirate third baseman were among the least productive in the entire National League. A lack of production from the hot corner for the Pirates is a big reason the team has struggled offensively this season. Pirate third baseman ranked 12th in the NL in home runs, hit with 7, and had the highest strikeout rate at 27.1%. This group ranked dead last in the league in on base percentage with a 257, slugging percentage 332, WRC plus 58, and F4 sitting at negative 0.6. So to say the team needs help at third base is putting it lightly. The two primary third basemen of the season have been Colin Moran and Jung Ho Gong, neither of whom have been anywhere near productive hitters for the Pirates. Moran entered play on Friday with a 239 average, a 317 OBP, and a 380 slugging, and a WRC plus of 88. Prior to going on the I on Monday, Gong was just hitting for a 133 average, a 204 OBP, and a 300 slugging with a WRC plus of 34 and a 31.6% strikeout rate. Additionally, both players have been below league average defensively. The hot-hitting Kevin Newman could be an intriguing option for third base. But due to lack of power, his potential seems limited. Jake Elmore started at third base the last two days, but to be honest, he has no business being on an MLB roster. This is what takes us to prospect Will Craig. Craig, a former first-round pick, entered action on Friday with a 248 average, a 329 OBP, and a 496 slugging, and a 248 ISO at AAA. On Friday night, he clubbed his 11th home run of the season. This power surge from Craig continues a trend that started in 2018 when he slugged 448, owned a 200 ISO, and hit 20 home runs with 53 extra base hits for AA Altoona. Currently, Craig is playing first base at Indianapolis, the same position when he he manned for the curve in 2018. However, he has played third base in the past. With the MLB club struggles at the hot corner, it's time to try Craig there once again. In 2016, Craig logs 403 innings at third base at the low A level. While it's been three years since he played there last, transitioning back to third base is something Craig should be able to do. With the Pirate offense desperate for help and their third base production being literally the worst in the NL, getting Craig a try at the position cannot hurt. While Craig may never hit for a high average, the power is clearly there. He also has good on-base skills, earning an 11.6% walk rate in his minor league career. Craig possesses the tools to be a dangerous MLB hitter, and it's time for the Pittsburgh Pirates to give it a try at third base. Now, you may be saying to yourself, what about Key Brian Hayes? Hayes is the team's top-paying prospect and the starting third baseman for AAA Indy, after all. However, Hayes is not as progressed as a hitter as Craig is. While Craig is a 24-year-old that played college ball, Hayes just turned 22 in January. Additionally, Hayes entered Friday night's Indianapolis game, slashing for a 254 average, a 346 OBP, and a 384 slugging with a 130 ISO and a WRC plus of 92. And this was before he went hitless in Indy's game last night. 20 different players have now spent time on the injury list this season for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Trevor Williams started for the Pittsburgh Pirates against the San Diego Padres on Thursday night. In typical Trevor fashion, he was cruising along through three and two-thirds innings pitched. However, this is when things went off the rails. 
After recording a strikeout, Williams exited the game with a side injury. He has now been placed on the 10-day injury list with a right side strain. This makes Williams the 20th different Pirate player to go on the IL this season. Since joining the Pirate rotation in May of 2017, Williams has become one of the best starting pitchers in the National League. This season, Williams has a 3.33 ERA, 3.30 FIP, and a 1.4 F war in 54 innings pitched. In his last 65 starts, Williams has a 3.47 ERA, 3.80 FIP, and a 6.7 F war in 36 and a third innings of work. Last season, he led the majors. With Williams on the IL, this leaves the Pirates with just three starting pitchers. He joins Jameson Tyne on the IL, and Chris Archer just came off the IL and pitched poorly in his return this past Wednesday. A starting rotation that was once a strength for the Pirates has suddenly become a major concern. To replace Williams on the 25-man roster, right-handed reliever Clay Holmes was recalled from AAA. Holmes had just been optioned in AAA on Wednesday for the returning Archer. And two innings for the Pirates this season, Holmes has allowed four runs, three earned on four hits, four walks, a home run, and four strikeouts in four innings of work. Joining Holmes on the trip from India is reliever Jeff Hartlieb. Promoting Hartlieb is a move the Pirates should have made weeks ago. In 19 innings pitched this season at AAA, Hartley votes a 3.32 ERA, 2.97 FIP, a 59.9% ground ball rate, and a 27.4% strikeout rate. Hartley replaces a struggling Richard Rodriguez, who was optioned in AAA, after being one of the NL surprise breakout players in 2018 with a 2.47 ERA, 2.60 FIP, 31.5% strikeout rate, and 69 in the third innings pitched. He has been awful this season. He has a 5.49 ERA. 8.30 FIP, and his strikeout rate is plummeted to 17.6% in 19 and two-thirds innings pitched. Additionally, after allowing just five home runs all of last season, he had already allowed eight this season. Despite his struggles, for some reason, Clint Hurdle continued to pitch him in high-leverage situations. This included Thursday night's 4-3 loss when Rodriguez allowed a go-ahead three-run home run to Ian Kinsler with two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning with the Pirates leading. Two to one. Right now, the Pirates only have three short by reliable relief pitchers in Francisco Liriano, Kyle Crick, and Felipe Vasquez. Moving forward, Hurdle should not be afraid to use Hartley or fellow rookie Montana to wrap out. Five strikeouts, four hits, and one run allowed at four and two-thirds MLB innings pitched in high-leverage situations to see what they can do. Not only has the rest of the bullpen struggled, Hartley and do wrap out could also be big parts of the Pirates bullpen moving forward. I want to see Jeff Harley with Montana Durapo be put into high-leverage situations. Because we have the three short-fire relief pitchers in Felipe Vasquez, Kyle Crick, and Francisco Liriano. But you don't have anybody that's truly dependable after that. Nick Kingham has struggled on 2019 so far. Uh, Chris Stratton, really in I want to say unknown commodity. He did have seven strikeouts on Wednesday against the Diamondbacks, which was very impressive, but he did get hit around a little bit, giving up those three runs. And you look at the other guys in the bullpen, Michael Feliz, his struggle with his command, and he gave up that grand slam to Hunter Pence against the Rangers, which cost them in that game. And you start looking around the bullpen, and you look at Clay Holmes. I would not trust him in a high-leverage situation. You start looking around, and you see that these two rookies are going to have to be put in situations that 
they've never been put into before. And it, it's really at a point where it's sink or swim now. And we need guys to swim. Because we've been thinking way more this year in the bullpen than we've been swimming, way more than we did last year. And sure, a part, a part of that can heavily be put on injuries. Edgar Santana having Tommy John surgery out for all of 2019. Injury to Nick Birdie, injury to Keone Kella, early season injury of Kyle Crick. Like, the injuries bug has fit in the Pittsburgh Pirates more than it's fit in any other team in Major League Baseball this season. If 20 players on the injury list, the most in all of baseball, 20 different players this season. Yeah, this Pittsburgh Pirates ball club is two games above 500 right now. Only a game and a half back of the Arizona Diamondbacks for the second wild card spot, and four games back of the Chicago Cubs in the division sitting at third place. This Pittsburgh Pirates team has faced so much adversity already to this point, weathering an eight game losing streak already, 42 games into the season, and they're sitting pretty good at this point. We passed the quarter mark of the season this past week, and I'm pretty happy with where we stand, given the fact that the injuries have bitten us so hard. Now, the goal is to stay the pace right now and just wait until we get healthy, because when healthy, this team is arguably the best team in baseball. They are. And a lot of guys have stepped up this season that you would have never thought would be able to step up. I mean, Melky Cabrera, Brian Reynolds, Jordan Lyles in that rotation. Guys have stepped up and played big roles on this team where we need those big roles. So with the Corey Dickerson and Lonnie Chisnall injuries, these guys like Melky Cabrera and Brian Reynolds being your starting outfielders. I mean, we talked to like all offseason, all offseason about the Pirates outfield and how good it's going to be. You never thought Melky Cabrera would be in that spot. You never thought Brian Reynolds would be up this early. And by the way, that Andrew McCutcheon trade is looking better day by day at this point. The return being Kyle Crick and Brian Reynolds. But getting back into the bullpen discussion, Jeff Hartley is probably going to make his major league debut at some point today, I'd assume. I mean, with the bullpen day opener that they're going with, I would assume that he'd get in there at some point today. And he was electric during spring training. And I really thought that Hartley should have been selected a few weeks ago, not at this point. But, I mean, he throws his sinkers so hard, it's in the high 90s. Jeff Hartley. He's a fantastic young pitcher, and he's going to do big things at the big league level. And, you know, I feel like by the end of the month, we'll be able to say our surefire relievers, we got Vasquez, we got Crick, we got Liliana, we got out, and we've got Partly, hopefully, it's Kella coming off the interlist at some point. And hopefully, we can see Nick Birdie back in Pittsburgh at some point in 2019. I mean, he was pitching lights out before his injury. Lights out. Yes, he's on the 60-day interlist along with James and Tyne, but I believe we'll see him back in Pittsburgh at some point in 2019. You just wait until this bullpen is healthy. And imagine if Richard Rodriguez can go down to AAA and get himself right. How good this bullpen is going to be. When Jameson Tyler and Trevor Williams come back, how good this rotation is going to be. And we've seen how good it can be this season already. 
This team is built on the backs of its pitching staff, and the pitching has been hurt. Hopefully the Pirates offense can continue its timely hitting that it's experienced so far. Josh Bell, if he just stay hot. Kevin Newman's been hot. Gregor Polanco's back. Marte, a slump in this series a little bit, but he got hot in Arizona. I mean, we have all the pieces on this team to be a playoff caliber baseball club. There's no doubt about that. We just have to weather this storm, get past this storm, so to speak, and once we do, we're going to come out much better for it. I've been hearing a lot of people hating on Clint Hurdle, but Clint Hurdle is the greatest leader of men I've ever seen. This Pirates team does not give up. They're young. They're exciting. They are fun to watch. The Pittsburgh Pirates do not have a whole lot of quality left-handed pitching prospects in their system. The team may have one developing in double-A. In the 2016 Major League Baseball draft, the Pittsburgh Pirates decided to go heavy on pitching for the first few rounds. In fact, the team took five pitchers with their first seven-round picks. The most notable prospect in that draft class was their first-round pick, Will Craig. Craig is currently in AAA and is regarded as the best power prospect in the Bucs system. However, the Pittsburgh Pirates may have found a diamond in the rough with one of those pitchers they drafted. In the sixth round, the Pirates took a left-handed starting pitcher out of Michigan State by the name of Cam Vo. Coming out of college, he's noted for his solid mix of pitches, his strong control, and a projectable frame at 6'4 and 200 pounds. He was the Spartans' ace his senior year. Though has built upon a success that he held, had at Michigan State and has been very solid since joining the Pittsburgh Pirates system. However, this year, the lefty is having his best season yet. The 25-year-old is currently pitching for the AA Altoona Curve and is likely to get promoted to AAA soon. So far, Bo has made eight starts for the curve, and it has a record of two and two. While his record is not anything to be impressed by, he does have a really strong ERA of 2.84. He has given up two runs or less in five of his eight starts. In total, he has thrown 44 and a third innings and has only struck out uh, 27 hitters while walking 16. The lefty has never been a big strikeout pitcher and more of a pitch-to-contact type starter, something the Bucks preach. A lefty being a pitch-to-contact type pitcher in PNC Park is a perfect fit. He does not produce a lot of ground ball outs with only a 35% rate this year and last year. Most of his outs come via fly ball, but that plays favorably at PNC Park. His peripherals are not as good with a FIP and XFIP over four, but he has always outperformed his peripherals at every level. Although it is not as dominant stuff or great secondary numbers, he is still posting a solid year, very solid year, at a higher level of competition. Despite his low 90s fastball and a lack of strikeout stuff, he is able to record a lot of weak outs. While he will never be much more than a number five starter, he could be an interesting lefty bullpen options down the road. Yeah, so, I mean, just think about Cambo um, and sort of what his future in Pittsburgh looks like. I don't see him being much more than a fifth starter, if that. But he could be an interesting lefty bullpen option. Francisco Leon has been our best lefty bullpen pitcher so far this season. He has been lights out with an ERA of sub one at this point. And the other lefty in this, well, technically he's not even in the bullpen yet. We don't really know what's going on with the situation with Stephen Brault. I mean, he he hasn't been good this season. He just hasn't. And 
we, we talked in the podcast a few weeks back about how the Stephen Brawl era in Pittsburgh should be over. And the next week he dominated. And now we're back to, to Stephen Brawl being bad again. He is a roller coaster, to say the least. And I've had my roller coaster of emotions with him. Gone from loving him to hating him to loving him to hating him. I mean, and, you know, if he is a bulk reliever today and he does well, we'll go back into the love mode. Well, the hate might continue. But what you want out of a lefty bullpen guy is somebody with stability that can consistently get batters out and not, not walk people. Because that's always been Stephen Brawl's issue, the walks. He walks way too many batters. He has this stuff. And we've talked about it on this show at length, how he can be an Andrew Miller-type pitcher when he's, lives up, when he's living up to his full potential, vintage Andrew Miller. He just hasn't shown that. And he's better out of the bullpen than he is in the rotation. And there's no doubt about that. And he, depending on how the opener goes today, he might have to be in that rotation for at least a month until Trevor Williams gets back from the injury list. But seeing how well Cambo is doing right now is exciting. It's encouraging. It is. And I hope he gets promoted to AAA at some point very soon so we can see how he does at that level because AAA is a real test for guys. It is. It's a proven grounds. It is a proven grounds if there ever was one. And I think he's going to dominate at the AAA level just like he's dominated at every level so far. His fastball is not overpowering by any means, but we've seen Trevor Williams do what he's been able to do with a not overpowering fastball. And, you know, from what I'm hearing about Cam Vaux and seeing Trevor Williams is they have a lot of similarities. Vaux induces a ton of weak contact, a lot of fly balls, which plays very well in PNC Park. And it sounds a lot like Trev. I don't think Cambo is going to be the starting pitcher that Trevor Williams has been for this team, but I think he could be a solid bullpen option. And the reality is in the system right now is there's he's a top left-handed pitcher prospect we have. Starting-wise. Starting wise. I really like Blake Wyman. We've talked about him uh, when we covered the surprise to Guars in the Arizona Fall League. He was a fall starter this past year. I love Blake Wyman. I think he could be the the real deal out of the Pirates' bullpen. But if we're talking like a starting pitcher, because, I mean, we we really haven't had a consistent left-handed starter since, like, Jeff Locke and Francisco Liriano. It's been a while. And, I mean, really, if all goes to plan, and Cam Bo's not going to be cracking the rotation. Because if all goes to plan, let, let's say Cam Bo gets their AAA, you know, some point this season, and let's say he's ready by 2020 or 2021. But for, for the fun of this situation that we're coming up with, let's just say it's 2020. Okay, the rotation in 2020, I believe, all goes to plan. You'll have Tyen, you have Williams, you have Musgrove, you have Archer, you have Keller. If all goes according to plan. One of the, if one of those guys struggle, you have Chad Cool. No, let's turn to or JT Brubaker. There are options after that point, but I mean, if we're thinking if all goes according to plan, Chad Cole will be put into the, the bullpen. Edgar Santana will be back. Maybe JT Brubaker gets thrown in the bullpen. And there's not much room for Mr. Bo, which is a good problem to have. 
having a um having a guy like Cambo doing what he's been doing, but really not having a spot on this Pirates team. And when you hear that, it could be a good trade piece as well at this year's deadline. I would not be devastated if we trade Canvo uh, for some guys that we potentially may need, or Lever. Uh, at this rate, maybe get, go out there and get a third baseman if Will Craig. Uh, I believe they should uh, call him up, try him out at the third base position. But we, we, we may need a third baseman. Or even a catcher at this rate with the struggles of Cervelli and Diaz. It's an interesting piece to play around with and to think about. And it's a piece that I'm excited the Pirates have. Without a doubt. I mean, if you just look at the other, you know, prospects, pitching prospects in the Pirates system, they're all right-handed. I mean, Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Dario Agrizal, I'd consider you know, pretty good prospect. Uh, Aaron Shortridge uh, is climbing his way up the system 2018 draft pick. Uh, Cody Bolton's been fantastic. They're all right-handed. And I don't know, even though we're just like looking at some mock drafts, we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, we're looking at a right-handed pitcher right now as well. So it's exciting to see that we're sort of developing this left-handed because we haven't really developed a lefty. We didn't develop Jeff Locke. He came. I believe he came. Um, I'm pretty sure we did not develop Jeff Locke, if if my memory serves me correct. We'll take a look at that. But, like, Cam Vaux is he's going to be a a guy that we developed from, from scratch, left-handed pitcher, and we haven't seen that. Let's see where Jeff Locke came from. I don't – yeah, he was with the Braves. He was with the Braves. We got him from the Braves, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I was just thinking for there for a minute. Couldn't think of that. Yeah, we – um. he was drafted by the Braves in the second round of 2006, and he was traded uh, along with Gorky Hernandez and Charlie Morton in the uh, Nate McLeod deal in 2009. So, yeah, we, we haven't developed a left-handed picture. It's the point that I was trying to make in Canvo – uh, is seemingly that he's going to be a left-hand pitcher that the Pirates really developing from scratch, which is a promising fantasy. Very promising. All right, I want to move on here uh, from the Canvo discussion. I'll talk a little about the bullpen. So part of the start of Friday's game, the Pittsburgh Pirates announced that Nick Kingham will move back to the bullpen. After making a pair of starts, Nick Kingham is moving back to the bullpen for the Pittsburgh Pirates. This move comes after Kingham struggled mightily in both of his starts. His two starts came got shelled to a tune of nine runs, allowed on 13 hits, four walks, and two home runs. He struck out seven batters and pitched eight innings in his two starts, both of which were losses for the Pirates. This comes out to the tune of a 10.13 ERA. Kingham started the season in the bullpen in 12 and two-thirds innings pitch as a reliever of the season. He has allowed nine runs on 13 hits, six walks, a home run, and 13 strikeouts. Opponents have slugged 458 off of Kingham as a reliever this season, and he owns a 6.39 ERA. While getting Kingham out of the starting rotation is a plus, he still does not serve much purpose on a MLB roster. He has not pitched effectively this season as a starter or as a reliever. However, with the amount of injuries that have accumulated with the Pirates pitching staff, they are hard-pressed to find another option right now. With Kingham out of the rotation, it looks like Stephen Brault will get another shot to start, 
like King and Brault, started the season in the Pirate bullpen before making starts in each of his last two outings. Also, like King, these two starts were a disaster. Overall, this season, Brault owns an 8.82 ERA, 6.90 FIP, and an 11.5% walk rate in 16 and a third innings pitched. In his two starts, he's allowed eight runs and seven and two-thirds innings pitched, a 9.39 ERA and 11 hits, five walks, and seven strikeouts. Despite his strikeout struggles, uh, Hurdle expressed interest in having a lefty in the Pirates' rotation prior to the start of Friday's game. The team has said that Brault could well, – he's not going to start tonight, but they play that around, or uh, they're going to be using the Montana to wrap out opener. However, after Trevor Williams only lasted three and two-thirds innings last night due to injury, uh, I mean, we have the Montana Rapid situation at this point. So, I mean, Williams, just putting out there, Williams is the 20th pirate player to go on the injury list this season. Uh, King might find his way back into the starting rotation. Yeah, so, I mean, the Pirates are really being put in a tough situation with this Williams injury. Because King and Brault have been terrible out of the bullpen. I mean, out, out of the, in the rotation. Unless they want to do the opener strategy twice a week with already the thin bullpen depth that they have. Either Brawl or Kingston has to be put into the rotation. And if the opener fails today, do Rapal get shelled early? They're going to throw away the opener for good. And Kingdom or Brawl will be put back into this rotation. Unless you want to see Chris Stratton in there. But there's a guy in AAA. One of the top prospects in all of baseball, Mitch Keller. Why isn't he here? Now, yes, he, he pitched, I believe, three days ago. Had a start. So it's not like he's going to make the start tonight. But, you know, I think we're going to see Mitch Keller within the next week or so. Because we can't keep banging our heads into the walls, trying the same things that haven't worked over and over again, and think it's going to work this time. Because it's not. Kane and Brault don't belong in the rotation. They don't belong in any rotation for that matter. They don't. But with the injury situation right now, they have to be. I mean, if you think what you want them to do right now in that starting rotation, because Kane hasn't officially been put back in. Brault hasn't been taken out. You look at what you want them to do. I mean, in this way, I feel like five innings, four runs would be a good start from them. But they've been horrendous, absolutely horrendous. In the game on this past Sunday, we staked an early 3 nothing lead, and then Stephen Brawl gave up six runs in the next two innings. Won the game 10-6, to but still, we just can't have that. Game against Arizona, Pirates put up an early two spot in the top of the first. Nick Kingham blew it. Now, those two guys' first two starts against uh, Texas weren't bad. They weren't. They went four innings, two runs, almost identical. But we need more length than that. And they just can't provide it. They cannot. I mean, I, I think we can officially call Nick Kingham a one-start wonder. Stephen Brawl has been inconsistent his entire career in Pittsburgh. 
It, it sucks with the injury bug. It sucks. Well, you see teams like the Yankees, what they're able to do with the injuries that they face. And yes, nobody has faced more injuries than the Pirates. I get that. Even the Yankees haven't faced as many injuries as we have. But at some point, Hurdle, Huntington, they need to realize, stop banging your heads against the walls and stop throwing guys like Brolt and Kingham out there. Because when you do, you're automatically asking for trouble. Now, yes, I want these guys to succeed more than anything. And I believe in them. And I'll root for them when they get the start. But I'm not rooting for them to get the start. I'm not. I want Mitch Keller up here. I do. Fires are in a position which they can contend this year, but in the gauntlet of a National League Central and talented National League right now, so deep, we can't be messing around with losses. Every team is going to lose, not saying that, but, but when you put Broughton team out there, it's like you're asking for a loss. Put Mitch Keller out there and be the pitcher that we all expect him to be. Or at least you'll know, you'll find out if he's ready or not. Rather find out than not. It sucks that JT Brubaker's on the angel list right now, too, because he could have his opportunity right now. It sucks for him. I, I feel for him. And it sucks for us, too, because I feel JT Brubaker would be a very good major league pitcher. He would have his opportunity right now and would be in the rotation. And we could have a situation where you have Lyles, Musgrove, Archer, Brubaker, and an opener. Rather than being put in a situation where you have Lyles, Musgrove, Archer, and now two spots are open. And again, this bullpen doesn't have the depth to do two openers a week. They just don't. They do not. And one of the two, Braun King, we're going to have to put back into the rotation. And I'd say Brawl right now, and it could very well be both of them. Again, if this opener fails, it's going to be both of them back in the rotation, and we're going to be put back in the same exact spot we were Sunday, Monday this past week. Yes, we were 1-1 one one in those games, but still, they were horrendous. Horrendous. We don't have any other options. We don't. Keller's the only viable option at this point, and maybe Chris Stratton, maybe. But when the injury bug is bitten you this hard, this consistently, no team can withstand this type of blows. But the Pirates somehow are. And that's what's impressive about this group. I mean, we, we, I briefly mentioned the hate that Clint Hurdle has been getting with uh, just among the Pirates fan community. Why, though? Clint Hurdle's been the savior of this Pittsburgh Pirates organization. Ever since he came in 2011, for the past eight years, this Pirates team has been relevant, and we've had fun watching Pirates baseball. Yes, it can be extremely frustrating at times, but the highs that we've experienced over the past eight years have been unlike any high this team experienced from 1993 to 2010. And you want to hate on Clint Hurdle. 
it's ridiculous. And then Pirates fans, as a whole, you know me, guys. You do. I'm the the opposite of pessimistic. I'm the eternal optimist. You know that at this point. You know, I believe my Pirates team, they're going to win the World Series this year. This year they will. But with, with the Pirates fan base right now, they, they just – it baffles me. It does. Why are they hitting court hurdle? Why they don't show up to games? It baffles me because we do have the fan base who show up to games. We saw that 2013 and 15. We saw that in the 2013 NL wildcard games, what type of fan base we can have when they went away. So butthurt over Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole. Like, they're gone. Move on. And if you're one of them listening right now, move on. It's over. We're better for it. This team is a damn good ball team, and I'm not going to sit around and pretend like I'm not upset with the fan base that we have right now. Support your Pirates baseball club. It's ridiculous. What, what the attendance figures have been, what the Hale Clark Hurdle has been receiving, what the adversity that this team has overcome with how fun they are to watch. And you have the audacity to hate on this team. It's ridiculous. Our draft is, I think, 16 days away at this point, so we are uh, quickly approaching. Let me see how many episodes. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, we have two more episodes until the draft. So, yeah, uh, I want to do a little bit of draft talk, take a look at some mock drafts, see who the Pirates might be selecting. We have the 18th overall pick in the 2019 Major League Baseball draft. So let's take a look at uh, – yeah, so the Pirates have the 18th overall pick in this year's Major League Baseball draft. Here's the latest prediction for the team. One of the biggest times of the year is just two weeks away for the Pittsburgh Pirates with the Major League Baseball draft starting on June 3rd. Sites such as MLB Pipeline, Baseball America, and Fangas have put out numerous mock drafts already. The sites use reports, past trends, and bonus allotments to try to predict who will go where. The most recent mock draft to come out is from Fangas. Fangraphs is a decent bit of information in regards to what teams are connected with what prospects. The drafts even closer teams start to get a little bit more of a clear picture of who will be available to them. With that, sites like Fangraphs, who know a lot of people in the baseball industry, are able to pass that information along. In their most recent mock draft, Fangraphs shares who they think the Pittsburgh Pirates will take and a couple of players they are supposedly interested in as well. They project the Pittsburgh Pirates to take Alabama shortstop Gunnar Henderson. This is not the first time that Henderson has been projected to the Bucks. MLB Pipeline also has the Pirates taking Henderson in their most recent mock draft. So there must be a consensus that this is a player the club is highly interested in as the 18th pick. However, uh, Fangraphs with a few other players that the team could look at with the 18th pick if Neil Huntington and company decide to go the, to the pitching route. Uh, Fangraphs believes that the team will look at Texas right-hander J.J. Gross. The Pirates have only taken one prep pitcher in the first round since 2010, and that was Shane Balls in 2017. Both Pirates and Balls came out of Texas, so the Bucks could continue that trail with Gross. Balls, my bad. Uh, Fangraphs goes on the pro- project in the supplemental first round as well. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates have the 37th overall pick in the draft after failing to sign their 36th overall pick this year. Uh, they project the Pittsburgh will look to take another shortstop by the name of Brooks Lee, a prep out of California. They also mentioned that the team could have interest in Puerto Rico prep shortstop, Drew Lugo. 
Although with Luga, they say that the team could consider him as high as number 18 as well. One thing is for certain. It seems that many of the inside scouting sites believe that the Pittsburgh Pirates look to grab a shortstop at some point. There seems to be a lot available uh, this year from both the prep ranks and the college ranks. The draft gets underway on Monday, June 3rd, and can be seen on MLB Network. Yeah, so, I mean, the MLB draft does not get as much coverage as some of the other drafts. I mean, definitely does not. I mean, the draft, it's everywhere, you know. The NBA draft lottery was televised on ESPN last night. But the MLB draft is where teams are built. It is. And with a small market team such as the Pirates, we have to draft well. We just do. And, you know, the, the, the draft sort of sneaks up on you every year if you're not an avid baseball fan. And I wanted uh, to get you guys to know sort of who some of the names to look out for. Uh, another name uh, that I featured on my Instagram yesterday as a potential uh, was prep right-handed pitcher by the name of Aaron uh, Quinn Priester. Uh, yeah, he's an athletic uh, right-handed loaded with starter traits. He's an obvious match if, if they want to go down that route. Um, I mean, J.J. Goff is definitely an option, I think. And, uh, yeah, the Gunnar Henderson, too. So just just don't have the same. So you have Priester, you have Goff, you have Henderson. Uh, one of those three, I believe, is going to go into the Pirates. And even, you know, the uh, Drew Lugo. Uh, from Puerto Rico, prep shortstop could go as high as 18 as well. So as far as the names again to think about, you got Lugo, Drew Lugo, you got Brooks Lee potentially in that 37th pick, uh, prep shortstop out of California. You have uh, Gunnar Henderson, JJ Goff, and uh, Quinn Priester. So just just be thinking about those names, looking at them, and you know baseball draft is interesting too because again it doesn't get the hype that other sports do. And to be honest. You know, a lot of the guys are unknown commodities to the average fan. You're looking at, like, the top picks, right? I mean, in the NBA, Zion Williamson, everybody knows. And I know Kyler Murray going number one. But the NHL and the MLB sort of kick that backseat role, but it's okay. And especially with baseball. Teams are built for their draft. Let's just look at, you know, some of the Pirates' homegrown talents. Josh Bell, Adam Frazier. Jameson Tyone, homegrown talents. They are. And a lot of the cores over the past uh, years of this, of this run that the Pirates have been on is from the MLB draft. I mean, you, you look at Andrew McCutcheon, Neil Walker, Pedro Alvarez, all drafted by the same draft and developed. Look at some of the guys coming up to the system right now. Mitch Keller drafted, developed. Travis Swaggy drafted. Q. Brian Hayes, draft pick. Cole Tucker, draft pick. Kevin Newman. And Will Craig. I mean, the teams are built on the backs of this MLB draft. And the the reason also why the draft doesn't get as much coverage and as much attention is because the guys drafted in 16 days, they're not going to make an instant impact, such as they do in the NBA or the NFL or even in the NHL. They They aren't. Like, the, the, the fastest guys move through the system is like two years. Casey Mize, number one overall pick, probably won't be up until 2020. Uh, two years for the number one overall pick. So, so it's sort of forgotten about. 
the guys that are hyped up in baseball are the, the top prospects, like the lad junior hyped up. Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, those top prospects. See, they, they need to develop a little bit, right? And the thing is, the, the first round success rate isn't isn't that high in baseball, but you can't miss on your first round pick. Well, the Pirates had a fantastic one in Travis Swaggy last year. Well, they've had good first round picks overall in the past couple of years going back. And Shane Boss in 2017, who we were able to trade uh, to the Rays to acquire Chris Archer, working out fine. Uh, going back from there, you get Will Craig, Kevin Newman, Cole Tucker. It, it's been a good series of drafts for the Pirates as of late. It is. And the Pirates draft history under Neil Huntington has been the general manager since 2006. And you just look at sort of, you know, who has been taken uh, by the Pirates. And you, you, you look through it, and it's cool to see. It's cool to see sort of the names and who has panned out and who has not. So let's go to the recent uh, first-round draft picks for Neil Huntington. Yeah, so before that, we had Austin Meadows on 13, another pick. Uh, Reese McGuire, not as high. Uh, they drafted Mark Appel, if you remember him. Um, he was drafted number one overall, too, at, at some point. Garrett Cole, uh, Tony Sanchez didn't work out. Uh, Pedro Alvarez, uh, and the first two that he had, Daniel Moscos and Brad Lincoln, did not work out. But other guys they drafted him, McCutcheon, Walker, Paul Mahalm. Uh, going back from there, Jason Kendall. Uh, Barry Bonds, 1985. Keep going back, see if there's anybody else recognizable. Richie Hebner, 1966. I mean, I mean, some of these guys are butts, as we saw. You know, Tony Sanchez, 2009 first round pick, or Reese McGuire, 2013 first round pick. But I mean, in the past, if we look from 2014 to now, been great picks. Cole Tucker, Keith Ryan Hayes, Kevin Newman, Will Craig, Shane Boz, Travis Fiery. Going back from there, Austin Meadows in 13th. And you, you skip over Mark Capel and Reese McGuire, you get Cole and Tyen. It, it's been great drafting by Neil Huntington, and I feel like the draft success that he's had is just going to, just going to continue. It will, and hopefully, again, the names to remember, uh, I'll say them one more time. we got Gunnar Henderson, J.J. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, uh, J.J. Goss, uh, Drew Lugo, and uh, <clears throat> uh, Brooks Lee, as well as Quinn Priester. Remember the names. Talk more about the draft as we get closer to the two episodes until the MLB draft. So despite a slow start to the season statistically, Pittsburgh Pirates catcher Elias Diaz is still hitting the ball well and is due to get hot. Baseball is a crazy game. There is no other sport where you, you can do everything right and still fail the way you can in baseball. But hey, Baseball is not easy. It is a game built on failure, and that is one of the things that makes it the greatest sport in the world. A fine example of all of this is Pittsburgh Pirates catcher Elias Diaz. After the start of the season in the injury list, Diaz is off to a brutal start of the season offensively. However, he has hit the ball much better than the results would indicate. This is something that should give Pirates fans hope for Diaz. In 38 plate appearances in the season, Diaz is flashing for a 135 average, a 158 OEP, and a 162 slugging. He owns a 2.6% walk rate, 21.1% strikeout rate, a 0.027 ISO, 
He's collecting just one extra base hit, and his WRC plus is negative 17. Believe it or not, not all of this. Believe it or not, you know, all of this is bad. However, there's reason to believe Diaz is close to heating up at the plate. Diaz is batting average with balls in play. Babbitt pitches 172. League average Babbitt is 300. A Babbitt of 172 indicates that Diaz has been the victim of some awful, awful luck. When a hitter's making quality contact and has a low Babbitt, that is a sign of a hitter due for a hot streak and leads us into the next point, which is Diaz is hitting the ball hard. His average exit velocity is 91.5 miles per hour, which is 2.5 miles per hour higher than the league average of 89. Furthermore, his 35.5% hard contact rate is above league average, while his 17.2% soft contact rate is the lowest of his MLB career. Now, the key for Diaz is not to get frustrated over a slow start and press. If he continues to do what he has done, make quality contact on a consistent basis, and hit the ball hard, then the hits will begin to drop. The importance of Diaz heating up is only increased due to the struggles of Francisco Cervelli. The veteran backstop is hitting just 179 average, 269 ADP, and a 236 slugging this season. And like Diaz is not making quality contact. Cervelli's 86.2 mile per hour average exit velocity is below league average, and he's putting the ball on the ground far too often, 47% ground ball rate. And it's not unreasonable to think all the injuries that Cervelli has suffered in his career are catching up to him. So far this season, the Pirates have gotten close to nothing offensively from third base, shortstop, and catcher. This is a big reason the team is 22-20. and 20. Instead of having an additional two or three wins thus far, the team needs at least two of these positions to begin producing offensively and soon. It appears DS will be able to make this happen at catcher sooner rather than later. Despite his poor results offensively, Elias Diaz has hit the ball better than at any point in his MLB career this season. All signs point toward Diaz being a hitter due to get hot and in a big way. The Pirates offense need of help. This hot streak needs to come soon. And over the past couple days, Elias Diaz has been, you know, hitting the ball decent. He didn't have that good of a game last night. Um, he did have a pretty good game on Thursday. And... It, it sucks for Elias Diaz, you know, the, the virus that sidelined him for uh first couple weeks of the season, um, and then he struggled. But the thing is, he's hitting the ball hard, not hitting the ball soft. It's coming off his bat, 91.5 average. The average is 89. 34% hard contact rate, 17.2% soft contact rate, the lowest in his Major League Baseball career. And, you know, you say Sterling Diaz have done next to nothing, and they have. But that is a factual statement. They have done next to nothing. But if you look at sort of the signs and where each one is going, the Diaz stock is going up. Cervelli's is, is plummeting. And on the Francisco Cervelli discussion, I really think the injuries that he's had throughout his career have caught up to him. And, you know, the end of his career, sadly, sadly, it might be near. Francisco Cervelli's career might be coming to a close. It's, just, it's sad. Because he's provided so much joy and happiness for Bias fans over the years. For baseball fans in general. Sucks that he, he's never, he never made an all-star game. Last season, I believe he had a, he had a good shot, 
just didn't get in. He had many tight end MSB and potential also in this season, and maybe that's winning on him. I'm not, I'm not sure. But his timing just is not there. 47% ground ball rate, and they're all being pulled. All of them. And it sucks to see the, the decline of a player like Sorelli because he had a fantastic season last year. But this could be a swung song. And hopefully he can he can get back to the player he can be because we know when Sorelli is on how good of a baseball player he is. Very valuable member of this team still with his catching. But offensively, he's not. And and the fact that Diaz has been cold himself, uh, doesn't leave Queen's to thinking that Diaz is going to be taking over anytime soon, unless he he gets hot like I'm predicting right now. And he's due to get hot, man. Having a bat is uh, criminally low does not make sense. Average bat is 300, and a bat up there that's batting average on balls put in play. So you think for league average, when you put the ball in play, it's 300. And he's hitting 172, and he's hitting the ball hard. God awful luck, man. It is. It's gonna change, and uh, hopefully he can, uh, you know, sort of get hot today. Uh, he's hit lefties very well, so we got uh, Marga Vicious, I believe, for the Padres starting this this evening. Uh, pretty sure he'll get the start in Cincinnati. I think Hurdle's doing his uh, three days off drill with Cervelli, so he's he's had uh, the past two nights. I think he'll get one more, and then uh, Svelli will probably start uh, the final game of the series when the Pirates look to hopefully uh, take the series with a series win. Yeah, so uh, let's just take a look at the standings. Uh, we a little bit left on the show. But, uh, yeah, let's just take a look at the, some of the wild card standings. Um, you know, we, we're sitting at a game and a half out of the uh, wild card spot. The Dynamax have it. Uh, we still have to pass. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We still have to pass the Atlanta Braves. We're a half game back to them. And then we're a half game off of the Padres, uh, the Cardinals. They sit two games back. And then you, it's deep still. you got the Rockies four games back, Mets four back, Reds five back, Giants six back, Nationals six and a half back. I mean, nobody's out of the race right now, I'd say, except the Marlins set at 12 and a half back. But the Pirates are in a, a good position. Uh, winning today would be nice because you can sort of bury the Padres in those standings. Uh, hopefully good than a half game back of the Diamondbacks for the wild card spot. And then uh, hopefully the Braves lose today and the Pirates can just take the wild card, second wild card spot uh, with a series win and uh, two Diamondbacks and two Braves losses. But the same token, the, the Braves and I believe – Brace and the Cardinals are playing each other. No, Cardinals are Rangers. Uh, that, that was this, this past week. Yeah, so I was just looking at the monocard stands to wrap up the show here uh, just to give you an idea of where we stand. And, yeah, so that's uh, just about going to do it for our show today. I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in for another great edition of Bucko Boots. Uh, it's been fun uh, with you. So this week we've got uh, San Diego for two more. Uh, we travel to Colorado. Oh, well, come back home for Colorado, and then we got the Dodgers this coming weekend. So a lot of fun Pirates baseball ahead of us. Uh, the season is 25% of the way done, uh, over 25% at this point. So, yeah, uh, a lot of baseball still to be played, 
but we have already played 25.9% of our games already. So season is flying by, still a lot more to go. Uh, it's been fun with you, that, uh, spending an hour with you today. Uh, if you notice, we did, we're doing an hour show. Uh, it's going to be more of a consistent thing that we'll be doing. Uh, fun doing this with you. Love being on here. Bucket Booth Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, so uh, for more Bucket Booth content, head over to baseballpodcast.com. Give me a follow on Instagram. I'm at Bucks Dugout. Follow the official Baseball Podcast Network platforms. They're on Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D C A S One. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Uh, if you're looking for some tickets, head to PNC Park this week, this weekend. Head over to stubyard.com, punch in promo code BPN10. That's BPN10 for 10% off all tickets for all events. BPN10. My name is Benson Fector. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, yeah, let's get, uh, get to the second wildcard spot this week, and uh, we'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place. Let's go, Bucks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.